You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Disease Du Jour podcast on the topic of negative palmar angles in horses with Steve O'Grady. I'm your host, Kim Brown, editor of Equimanagement. The Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. Steve O'Grady, DVM, MRCVS, and a farrier with 40 years of experience, owns Virginia Therapeutic Farriery. He worked as a professional farrier for a decade prior to obtaining his degree in veterinary medicine. O'Grady's practice offers comprehensive diagnosis, treatment, and maintenance for a variety of foot conditions, combining medical therapy as well as therapeutic shoeing. Thank you, Dr. O'Grady, for joining us today on Disease Du Jour to talk about negative palmar angles in horses. Thank you, Kim, for having me. Uh, Always nice to join you. Well, the first thing I want to mention is that Dr. O'Grady has a new paper on his website titled, Can Farriery Resolve the Negative Palmer Angle? And I'm going to put a link to his paper in the article on equimanagement.com that accompanies this podcast. And I highly recommend you listen to the podcast, then go read the paper so that you can see all the x-rays and images and illustrations that he has. And I think it will really help your comprehensive understanding of this. And if you want to go there directly, just go to equipodiatry.com and look under the green box titled Farriery Literature, and it'll be one of the first ones on the list. So here we go, Dr. O'Grady. Can you define for our audience what negative Palmer is and why is it so critical today? Okay. Negative Palmer angle is a, is a, a little bit hard to define. So we'll start out by by saying looking at a horse with an extremely low heel with poor structures in the palmer or plantar, which means the back the, the heel area of, of the foot. Now, if we think about the hoof capsule standing on the ground um, or being placed on the ground. We'd like to have the bone inside the hoof capsule, the solar surface being parallel to the ground or have a positive angle to the bone. In other words, you know, it'd be uh, have a positive angle back at the at the at the palmar surface or the heel surface. Negative palmar angle means that the bone has descended distally or downwards, okay, where it now has a negative angle. So the slope of the bone is actually pointing upwards when you look at it from the side. And this is very easy to see uh, on a radiograph. Is this important? Absolutely it's important because when this happens, it it puts excessive strain on the deep digital flexor tendon. And when the horse loads his foot, the broken back hoof pastern axis, which I'll talk about in a minute, uh, puts the weight bearing further back toward the heel. So this just sort of makes the situation uh, uh, even worse. Now, if we look at what we consider to be an ideal foot, we have a foot where the pastern and the hoof wall, if we draw a straight line, those are parallel or straight, okay? Which means that we have the bones of the digit, the proximal, the, the middle and the distal phalanx, they're in alignment. Now, when the bone descends in a distal direction or becomes negative, 
what happens is that hoof pastern axis is broken back. And uh, this is the significance of this because it puts so much pressure on it. And remember when the deep digital flexor tendon comes down the back of the pastern and attaches under the distal phalanx or the coffin bone, okay, you also form a sling for the navicular bone. So when you increase the tension in this tendon with a low heel, uh, what you actually do is you, you put so much more force or load uh, or torque, whatever you want to call it, uh, on the navicular bone. And again, this is, uh, this is one of the detrimental parts of this thing. Uh, let me just say that now um, we will see in both the veterinary and the farrier um, uh, profession, we'll see horses that uh, are somewhat uncomfortable or lame in the front, and they'll be examined by uh, a veterinarian. Uh, or they'll be seen by the farrier or the farrier will ask for x-rays. And then once they get x-ray, they'll sometimes block the foot. That's fair enough. We'll confine it to the area of the foot, the hoof capsule, the pastern. And then the next logical step would be obviously to take x-rays. So when we take x-rays, you'll see, and it's very, um, uh, you can see it very nicely on a radiograph where, where you have this negative Palmer angle. Um, Okay, now the diagnosis is, is a negative Palmer angle. This is not a diagnosis. It's a radiographic symptom. In other words, it's a consequence of events that have happened previously that have taken its toll on the heel area. In other words, the structures in the back of the foot and allowed that bone to descend. We don't see, we don't see this, this, uh, negative Palmer angle in a horse with good foot structures or good digital cushion, frog, lateral cartilage, those structures that make up the heel of the, of the horse's foot. Now, when we see this, this is indicative of hyperflexion of the distal interphalangeal joint. You don't want to have the joint, you want to have the joint neutral. You don't want to have it flexed. You don't want to have it in hyperflexion or what we call dorsiflexion. Uh, we want to have it, again, in, in sort of a, a neutral plane. The common features of a negative, uh, the uh, negative plane for the distal phalanx or NPA, whatever you like to call it, are a broken back hoof pastern axis. You have a long toe, low heels. And when the back part of the foot or the heel area is overloaded, what happens is that the front part of the foot or the dorsal part of the foot, the toe area becomes underloaded. So sometimes you'll see a lot of increased sole depth there. In other words, and you'll have an increased uh, uh, sole concavity. Um, the pro biggest problem with the negative plane of the distal phalanx or NPA uh, is that it's a symptom that can lead to a disease. And the disease is that with this type of foot conformation, you put the joint in an abnormal position. In other words, you're putting excess stress on the, on the joint, you're putting extra stress on the navicular bone, you're putting excess tension in the tendon. So this whole area is the area that, that, that leads to disease. This is the problem uh, with the negative Palmer angle, okay? It's not, a, it's not a diagnosis. It's a radiographic symptom that can lead to disease. And that's why it's so significant and so relative to what we have today.
And I may be jumping ahead just a little bit here, but can't you fix that digital cushion once it's damaged or reduced? (laughs) Good question. We hear that a lot, Kim. And let's look at the structures in the back of the foot. And you will hear a lot of things that have been said in journals or lay magazines that, okay, we'll just go ahead and we'll fix the, the digital cushion or we'll fix the frog and we'll, we'll, uh, those structures in the back of the foot re- resolve. And remember that the digital cushion and a nice frog, lateral car, this is what forms the conformation of your foot. If you lose those structures, that's when you get a low heel and you get poor conformation or a, a hoof capsule uh, distortion. Now, if we look at the, the digital cushion, it's kind of interesting, and this is something to think about. The digital cushion is made up of elastic fibers, fibrous tissue, fat cells, all those, air, those tissues that are able to compress. In other words, it's a shock-absorbing mechanism. But here's the key that it has, a, it, in order to be a sponge, it has a poor blood supply to allow these, these tissues to work. Therefore, when you damage these tissues for whatever reason, you don't have the blood supply to replenish them. And it's pretty well accepted now that if you damage or lose the mass of the digital cushion, it does not replenish or it does not um, it does not uh, restore. Now, there's many factors that can that can lead to this condition as well, and it's not just that. That you know, it just happened. It, hap- it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. But we also see some foals in Kentucky, thoroughbred foals. Their mamas have bad feet, and they're four months old, and the back of their feet are just—they're not there. And think what these these animals are going to go through life with. So genetics plays a role. Breed disposition, predisposition plays a role. Obviously, the thoroughbred foal. Uh, how the foot is developed as a youngster. In other words, how much turnout does he have besides being a couch potato? Uh, the limb foot conformation, you know, how does the load from the limb affect the bottom? In other words, how does it load the hoof capsule? If it loads asymmetric or whatever, you're going to change these, these different structures. In the older horse, the amount of work the horse has. Number two, the footing, the surfaces the horse works on. Uh, and again, the bottom one with a big capital letter, there's a lot of inappropriate farrier practices that go on. Two of them that will come to mind very quickly is, uh, number one, not trimming the heels or the, or the heel section of the horse's foot appropriately. In other words, allowing it to migrate forward. Remember that heels don't grow tall, they grow forward. So you have to keep the heels back underneath them, trimmed underneath the horse. The other part of that is putting short shoes on, small shoes. We have the misconception that if you put small shoes or shoes that are a size smaller, horses won't pull their shoes off. Well, uh, number one, there's no evidence of that whatsoever. Number two is that uh, they'll actually pull a short shoe, uh, short shoe quicker than they will, you know, a properly fitted shoe. But what happens is that this combined with a short, um, with with the 
heel area of the foot not being trimmed appropriately, everything migrates forward. So the soft tissue structures have to migrate in the other direction. And all of a sudden, they start to bear weight and then they lose their mass because they're not designed to bear weight. They're designed to share weight along with the hoof wall and the rest of the structures in the back of the foot. And that's why, that's why trimming, trimming is so important. So if um, you have had damage on one of these horses um, and you've got these effects on the other structures, what do you do? I mean, we've talked about some of the causes. What can we do to help these horses? Uh, I'll, I'll mention a couple of things that the, um, the ability to help these horses is going to be, number one, dependent on how how much damage you have to the structures the, in, in the back part of the foot. Because the logical thing is, is, in other words, the logical or the necessary part of this is to provide some heel elevation or some kind of mechanism where we can raise the horse up into and put the bone in a better position. This affects the physiology, the function of the horse's foot, the biomechanics, everything about it. And this is where the skill of Farrery comes in because often what happens is that yes, these this this bone is 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 in an abnormal position, but we don't have any heel structures. So if we go ahead, we put shoes on, and then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to put a wedge pad or some kind of heel elevation on this horse. Okay, put him in a in a in a better foot and joint in a better position. We put this on, but what we're doing is we're putting more pressure on structures that are already damaged. So you go ahead and you shoe the horse, put a nice properly applied shoe on, and you put a wedge on there, and geez, boy, look at this, it really looks nice. And it does look nice for a month or two until the pressure catches up with you from the heel elevation, and then you start to damage those structures in the back further, and then all of a sudden your horse starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. Some other ways, again, just to reiterate, is that, that treatment or farrowry is basically um, basically uh, depends on the structures that you have to work with there. Okay, uh, if you have some structures, believe it or not, taking the shoes off the horse and letting the horse barefoot for um, some time, as long as she can, sometimes you know, a month, six weeks, believe, you won't believe how much those heels will actually grow down a little bit because you're loading the whole back of the horse's foot there and you can get some more uh, heel structure in there, get it looking better, get some structures where you can apply some heel elevation on there if necessary. Uh, another way is that one of the biomechanical principles is to redistribute the load. So what we can do there is we can put take something like a soft impression material, put it in the whole bottom of the horse's foot, and then put something like a spider plate on it. And a spider plate is a stiff plate that has arms that redistributes the load from the palmer section of the foot to the hoof wall all over the foot. And I think if I can, I'll get Kim to to put a picture of what a spider plate is up there. I think that would be great. Thank you. That looks for you. And believe it or not, that's one of my that's one of my favorite tools there. The other thing very nicely that works, believe it or not, is just putting a pad between 
the horseshoe and the horse's foot. And then you could actually have pads with a, that have a little bit of, of heel elevation in, whether they're plastic or uh, leather. I prefer leather myself. And just putting a pad on the horse's foot. Again, when you think about it, it redistributes the load across. You're protecting it, sure. But it redistributes the load across the bottom of the horse's foot. So you're making that foot load sharing and taking instead of taking all the load or the pressure or the weight bearing off the heel area. And remember, when we put a shoe on a horse, we take the other structures basically out of the equation and we we shift the load of the horse onto the hoof wall with our shoe. It's called peripheral loading. So just taking that and putting a pad underneath there a lot of times can improve this. So, again, it, it depends on the conformation of the foot, how long it's been going on and how much, uh, how would you say, compromise to the palmer or plantar section of the horse's foot you have. Today's Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you by Banamine, Flunix and Meglamine Injection from Merck Animal Health. The pioneer NSAID for horses in the U.S., Banamine goes to work quickly to alleviate pain and inflammation from musculoskeletal disorders and visceral pain from colic to horses in your care. Don't get caught on call without Banamine. Find out more at MerckAnimalHealthUSA.com. Do not use banamine in horses intended for human consumption. The effect of banamine paste on pregnancy has not been determined. See product label for complete safety information. Can you ever fix these horses so that they have a natural angle? If you have, if this has been going on for a period of time and you have uh, significant damage to those structures or those structures are compromised, no. You don't fix it. You go into what we would term maintenance. And uh, some of the best horses that we deal with, you know, they have had it coming up through their through their their um, their careers or how much they work or whatever. Sometimes they just can't sustain the amount of work they do, and you start to lose these structures. It doesn't happen overnight unless you have a genetic component to it or a breed that. Sometimes if you look at the, the, the parents, you, they, they, they throw a lot of foals with, with uh, uh, fragile or, or, or uh, feet with not a lot of good, healthy, heavy structures. Okay. And what is your advice to a veterinarian who has a client who, you know, has a horse that is getting slightly lame? Or or rear, because this can happen front or back. Um, and he blocks and then he takes some x-rays and makes this observation. We, we aren't going to call it a diagnosis because it's not. Of what should his next steps be when he's talking to a farrier? Uh, it, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good question. And... Um, I don't think we pay enough attention to the vet farrier relationship sometimes. So if you have a veterinarian that is in this in this particular uh, situation with, with this type of uh, with with this type of case, um, it would depend on how much the the veterinarian, in other words, his interest in farrier podiatry, uh, what he can bring to the table. 
On the other side of it, you have the farrier, you know, that, uh, you know, he may, uh, you know, uh, he may have some significant uh, uh, influence here. He might have some significant ideas. The whole thing is to come together with the two professions and try and work out what is best for these particular horses. Now, you can go to on the Internet and especially Dr. Google. And it's one of the things that bothers me a little bit is that you can go and you can if you Google enough things, you'll have you'll find products that are guaranteed to do this, guaranteed to do this, you know, take care of the negative Palmer angle. Uh, We call them sort of designer shoes. And uh, these are all well and good. But I think the bottom line is we should come back to thinking about Farrery by skill rather than fiery by product because there if you have the skill and you have the knowledge of of anatomy biomechanics and fiery principles all the answers are there and this is the way we sort of work through these particular cases there have been a lot of <clears throat> people have called me and told me that they've been using uh this technique or that technique and whatever technique uh you want to call it. And when I look into these things, they look very nice. They look they look like they're very functional for a period of time. And then all of a sudden, you don't see any follow-up on it. In other words, did this treatment actually over time improve the horse's foot? I have not seen this with any of these products that are they're they're going on. Um, I have seen uh, some some in some cases significant difference if you give that horse just a little bit of time barefoot okay before you go back to putting shoes shoes on them and then the other ways we described of maintaining the horse's foot where we redistribute the load across the whole bottom of the horse's foot but this is a section of, of veterinary medicine that requires the input from the farrier profession as well the two coming together to make this really go ahead and and beneficial to both professions and uh, most of all the horse. And I think with uh, with that, there's so much more on this. I highly recommend you go read some of the, the work that uh, Dr. O'Grady has done. Read this article on his website. I think it really helped. And if you have any questions, you know, he's available to um, – to work with different veterinarians or farriers if you need some assistance. That's part of what he does for a living is, is help folks to solve some cases that are, that are tough. And these cases are tough. So is there anything else, Dr. O'Grady, you would like to add to this today? I realize you're, you can give lectures on this that last for hours and hours. And this is just touching the, the tip of the iceberg. But is there anything else you'd like to add? No, it's not. It's not just touching the tip of the iceberg. It's 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 something that's very. It's probably one of the biggest dilemmas we face um, in in uh, equine veterinary medicine is this particular foot conformation, the, these low heels, because there's so much implications to it. In other words, what what it affects the different parts of the horse's foot. The other thing I would like to say in the in in the the front feet. And this is just a bigger problem, as big a problem in the hind foot with these negative uh, Palmer angles. Okay. And remember that the front foot is weight bearing, whereas you lose these structures. 
in the hind foot, it's propulsion. So you have these structures, but what's happened is a lot of our sort of prolapse are pushed out toward the back. So the negative palmar angle or these so-called bullnose feet behind, they are connected to the whole axial skeleton right on up to the neck. So those can affect the musculoskeletal system above the foot quite significantly. On the other side of that is that they can be restored very, very nicely. But this hind foot, far, this hind foot bull nose, low heel conformation, the hind foot has almost become epidemic. And anybody can go to a horse show or an event and start just looking at the hind feet, and it's just, uh, it, it's just everywhere. And it can be so detrimental as well. Thank you, Kim. Okay, well, thank you again, Dr. O'Grady, for joining us on this episode of Disease Du Jour. And thanks to our audience for listening to Disease Du Jour. And a special thanks uh, for our 2023 sponsor, Merck Animal Health, who allows us to have these conversations. And if you have any questions or suggestions, send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter K-Brown, at equinenetwork.com.